we may find grass to save the horses and the mules alive. That we lose not all the beasts. So they divided the land between them to pass throughout. And Ahab went one way by himself, and Obadiah went another way by himself. And as Obadiah was in the way, behold, he met Elijah. And he showed him and fell on his face, or he, excuse me, he knew him and fell on his face. And he said, Art thou my Lord Elijah? And he answered, I am. Go tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here. And he said, What have I sinned that thou wouldest deliver thy servant into the hand of Abraham, Ahab, to slay him, or to slay him. As the Lord thy God liveth, there is no kingdom or nation whether my Lord hath not sent to seek thee. And when they said, He is not here, he took an oath of the kingdom and the nation, and they found thee not. And now thou sayest, Go tell thy Lord, Behold, Elijah is here, and it shall come to pass, as soon as I go from thee, the Spirit of the Lord shall carry thee whether I know not. And so when I come and tell Ahab, and he cannot find thee. He shall slay, slay me. But I thy servant fear the Lord from my youth. Was it not told, that, told my Lord what I did when Jezebel slew the prophets of the Lord? How I hid a hundred men of the Lord's prophets by fifty in a cave and fed them on bread and water. And now thou sayest, Go, tell thy Lord, Behold, Elijah is here, and he shall slay me. Elijah said, As the Lord of hosts liveth, before whom I stand, I will surely show myself unto him today. So Obadiah went and met Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. And it came to pass, when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? Catch that phrase. Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord that thou hast followed Balaam. Now therefore send all send and gather to me all Israel into Mount Carmel and the prophets of Baal 450 and the prophets of the grove 400 which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. I want you to catch something there in verse number 20. So Abraham sent unto all the children of Israel that phrase right there sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto the people and said, How long halt thou between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. Pray with me. Father, I ask that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge.
eyes of understanding being enlightened that we would know what's the hope of your calling and what's the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and what's the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe according to the working of your mighty power which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places. And I ask that you would grant us according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with might by your spirit in our inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what's the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, so that we'd be filled with all the fullness of God. Holy Spirit, I ask you for divine utterance this morning. I ask that you would help me to communicate the heart of the Father to us, your people. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, at this particular time, a juncture in history, this is not just a Bible story, but this is a Bible fact of something that had happened at this time in the juncture of history that there was a famine in the land. Anybody know what a famine is? It's when there's not been rain and stuff is starting to dry up. Several years ago, we had a dry period here under the summer. There's times that we don't get rain consecutive time after time. But I've never seen it over just a few month period of time that we didn't have rain. And something happens very quickly here when it doesn't rain. Because we're used to getting rain. Now, take it. They were in a desert country here. They weren't in a land that we are. You have plants and stuff that grow in desert areas that adapt to that type of environment. Our plants don't do well because they're used to having a sustained amount of water. And not only that, if it doesn't rain, we're so close to sea level that our ground is saturated to a point. But it doesn't take long for just a few weeks of no rain and the dust starts blowing here. You know, you look out in the ditches where you see water at and you see it bone dry. But I cannot imagine being in a place where it hadn't rained in three years. Now that is a dry place. Even if it's in a desert, it's a dry place. Because deserts depend on a, at least a shower once in a while. I can't tell you how periodically, but it's almost like the plants are geared when they when it gets rain, something happens immediately and, and changes in their in their whole makeup. They're able to receive and reproduce because of the, the rain is a blessing from God. And the withholding of rain was a curse from God. It's something that they had opened themselves up to. So this is where Israel was at in this particular time in history. That it had not rained for three years. Now, I want us to take and I want us to be able to look at a comparison of some of the things that were taking place over that course of time. And I want to present to us that were, there were things that Israel had done that had brought this. Was it a curse that God was bringing to them? Or was it just the blessing being withheld from them? Different ways to look at different things. And I want at the same time that you're taking and looking at Israel... I want, to, I want you to look at your own life and I want you to be able to take and make adjustments. Did you know that you don't know how to do everything right? I don't know how to do everything right. We're not doing everything right all the time. So if we're not doing everything right all the time, there's room for improvement. There's room for growth. There's room for development. 
there's room for me not to be so hard-headed that I will accept change when it's presented to me so that I can receive the blessing of God. Now, we, we finished up Sunday school on one word, favor. Now, in this particular story right here, and where Israel was at, the favor of God was being withheld from them. The favor of God was in one act of nature. One act of nature was rain. Everybody, you can make it for a certain amount of time without food. Jesus proved this out. You can go without food for 40 days. You can't go without water. You will shrivel up like a prune. And your health will leave your body. Because water is a necessity. Now, here is where Israel is at, at this particular juncture. They've got a king and a queen. And the, the king is in the place of position, but his wife the queen seems to be the one in the place of power. And she has made decisions. And I want to say this. Husbands and wives and people can be an influence on the other. We should be influenced. We should have an effect on the people that we're around. Things should be better when we're around than they are when we're away. God wants that influence in your life so that you can take it home, so that you can take it to your community, you can take it to your church, you can take it to your job. Everywhere you go, he wants that influence to be on you. Now, question is this. How is the influence that I have affecting the people around me and the society around me? Or am I the other way around? Am I, a letting, am I letting the people that are around me and the influences around me affect me instead of me being the influencer? If everything of all of the people that I'm around during the course, course of the day, if that's what's influencing me, you know, what, you know what that's telling me? I need to step up. I need to step up. Because God wants to do something through me. Now, we have one man of God that is the main player throughout this, this whole story. This one man's name is Elijah. And Elijah... I don't think he was no pretty man to look at, but there was something about him that set him apart from everybody else. You know what it was? Not only did he have a zeal for the things of God, but he had a backbone for the things of God. And he was used, <coughs> he was used as a mouthpiece. Now, what do mouthpieces do? They speak. They speak out something. There's things that brothers and sisters and you've got a mouth too. And God wants us to take and use this mouth to bring glory to him. Question is, is what's coming out of my mouth bringing glory to him? Is it being a club that I'm beating somebody with? Is it ministering life to somebody when I, when I talk to them? Is it incorporating change when something comes out of my mouth? That maybe, you know, a lot of times in this country, 
we are in the dark about a lot of things. And I'm gonna tell you why. There's two main forces that can speak into our lives. There is what we see on television and there is what the Word of God says. And if we spend the majority of our time listening to what the television says instead of what the Word of God says, did you know that influence or that voice is speaking loud in your head? And you're picking up on it. And if you're running and, uh, around with people, that that's what they're talking all the time, just what's on the news, what the news is saying. I tell you my honest gut feeling about it is that the news media is one of the biggest lies that's perpetrated in this country. You can look at, and I'll take you back, I'm going to take you back through just a little bit of history for just in the past few months. Started in, or came from China, spread across the rest of the world, and into the United States. You know what I'm talking about? Everybody does. The coronavirus. They were, there's a very few countries that took a stance like this. We're not denying that there is a coronavirus, but they said, we're not changing and we're not shutting down everything. We're going to continue as business as usual. We're not going to let it affect our economy. We're going to keep on going to our jobs. We're going to keep on going to the stores. We're not shutting down anything. We're not going to do masks and we're not going to do self-quarantine. We're just going to go on just like we've always been because Brothers and sisters, there's been viruses for years and years and years. And they said, we're not shutting down. And other ones said, we're going to wear a mask. Don't get close to me. Don't breathe on me. Don't associate with me. And uh, how about this one? When it first, first come out, there's going to be a run on toilet paper. <laughs> you better get all the toilet paper that you can. For months, for months, you could go in the grocery store and you could buy chicken and you could buy beef and you could buy other goods, but you look on the, you look on the paper rack. Now, am I telling the truth? And you could not find a roll of toilet paper. I went to Piggly Wiggly. Same thing along those same lines. Why? I want you to ask yourself a question, why? One of the reasons why was because the media kept taking something that was this big and kept rolling it and kept rolling it and kept rolling it and telling you got this big, big as this church, Biggest, ain't nothing no bigger. This here coronavirus is bigger than God. So stay away from church. All of these here are different mindsets, but there's something here that's, that's driving it. They were instilling or carrying a spirit of fear. That you would have had people that wanted to go somewhere or needed to go somewhere. People died because they couldn't even go to the doctor because the doctors were scared. Little minor surgeries that would save somebody's life, things were shut down, I mean, for months. You know it's the truth. You know it's the truth. Now, here is Israel. And there's things that's been allowed to come into their country. Now, from the very beginning, if you take a look back over the course of time, you'd have had, we started out with a theocracy. 
in a theocracy, that means you have God as the governing body. What God says goes. You'd have went in a period of time when they had the judges. People that made decisions and ruled over, I'm talking about Israel, that ruled over Israel, but they were people that were influenced by God, and as God spoke to them, they spoke to the people. Prophets in position that stood in the place, and when you looked at them, and in that area of time, you'd have the um, three main places, but you have one one player that's not coming coming to play yet, and that's the king. The anointing of God was on the prophet, the priest, and the king. You would have had the prophet, the priest, but you wouldn't have had the king yet. But he was coming. It was just when Israel was being established that they said, we want a king. Give us a king. We want to be like everybody else. Everybody else has got a king. We want a king. It grieved Samuel's heart because Samuel was the prophet at the time. And God said, go ahead. It's not a reflection on you, Samuel. It's a reflection on the people. Because how many know this? People want what they want. Is that true? I want what I want. You want what you want. And it reminds me of somebody that was here preaching one day. And he made this statement. He said, he had this girlfriend. He said he wanted to bring her home to meet his mom. And when he brought her in, she had this little short red skirt on. This long hair. And uh, he walks in the house with her. And his mama said, I plead the blood of Jesus. He said, but I want her, mama. And his mama made this astounding statement to him. You may get what you want, but you may not want what you get. Now I want you to think about that when we think about I want what I want and I want what I want when I want it. You may get what you want, but you may not want what you get. And this has to do with a whole lot more than just natural relationships. It affects natural relationship, but it also reflects every relationship that you have in your entire life. It has to do with your relationship with people. It has to do with your relationship with church. It has to do with your relationship with God. It has to do with your relationship with food. It has to do with your relationship with activities. Everything affects us. Not just one thing, but everything affects us. And if we want to be whole, we've got to allow God to affect every one of those areas. And when we don't allow him to have the effect on every one of those areas, things get out of balance and out of control. And he's always bringing things in check. Have you ever had the Lord speak to you and tell you that you needed to do something? And, well, he told me that three years ago, and I still ain't doing it. I'm going to tell you one thing. That ain't nothing to pat yourself on the back and say, good girl or good boy. No. What it means is I missed it for three years if he's already been speaking to me about it. And he wants me to bring something in line. What's he want me to do? Submit to what he's saying. Because he sees something that's going to save my life. Or speak something that's going to bring life to me. Through my obedience to what he's saying to me. Even if you can't do all of what he's, what he's asking you to do. Start at least bending yourself that way. Amen? Start bending yourself that way that I want. He's wanting me to go this way and I'm, I'm wanting to go this way. 
Well, if he's telling me to go this way, I ought to start at least turning, turning myself and getting myself in the direction that he's flowing. Amen? If I don't, what is it? It's rebellion. It's rebellion. Now, I want you to see the predicament that Israel has gotten themselves into. Oh, it's the king's fault that we're in this position. It's the queen's fault that we're in position. And I want to say this, the king and the queen had a big influence on it, but they weren't the only influencers. Because what am I going to swallow? Am I going to swallow everything that comes across the news media hook, line, and sinker? Or am I going to allow the Word of God and the Spirit of God to be able to speak into my life? Sometimes you've got to stand back a little teeny bit from something in order to see it. I shared this the other day, and I want to share it again. We were on our way to Alabama, and Alabama in the northern part has got mountains, and it's beautiful. But on, on these mountains, our mountains are different than they are in the, in the western part of our country. In the western part of our country, they're called the Rocky Mountains because rocks are predominant. In our part of the country, there's rocks that's there on the mountains, but, the, but there's also trees that you don't see all of the rocks. Sometimes you'll see rocks exposed, but there's a lot of vegetation and trees and all that's growing on those mountains. And I, they, they amazed me, and Sandy and I have a great appreciation for nature, so I was just driving down the road. Here's Tyler in the car with us, and I said, Tyler, I said, look, I said, look at that mountain. He said, Papa, he's just a little fellow. He said, Papa. He said, I have seen trees before. <laughs> Sometimes we can be so close to something that we don't see something or appreciate something until we're be able to stand back and look at it. A tree looks different when you're seeing it from the highway than it does when you're standing in the middle of the forest. And the, the media and everything that we're listening to is our influence. We're standing right there in a month. Sometimes it's not until we back off to be able to see something from another perspective. And I want to be able to see things not just from a natural perspective, but I want to be able to see things from a God perspective. Because I believe that God's got something that he wants me to walk in. I believe God's got something that he wants you to walk in. And it's called us where we finished up on Sunday school, but we'll pick it up right here. He wants us to walk in his favor. In the wintertime, if you've ever been working outside, now this is, if, if not, you can identify with it. There'll be enough that's in this that'll help you to connect with it. When the sun is shining in the wintertime, there's a cold side of a building and there's a warm side of the building. When you're in the cold side of the building, the sun is shaded from you. When you're in the warm side of the building, the sunlight comes to you. And it can be 20 degrees on one side of the building and you could almost work in shirt sleeves on another side of the building because the wind wasn't hitting you and the sun was shining on you. Now, with that same analogy, I want you to take and I want you to look at yourself in the favor of God. When you're in the favor of God, in that same analogy, and you're where God is shining on you, there's a warmth 
you can see things and it looks totally different than it does on the other side of the building. Well, it's the same day. Ain't it the same day? Yeah, it's the same day. But people on one side of the building are experiencing one thing, but people on the other side of the building are experiencing something altogether different. And sometimes people can be on those two different sides of the building and say, I don't know what you're talking about. Because I ain't been experiencing none of that. You know why? They need to move on the other side of the building. You need to get on the on the side on the side where the light is shining, where the wind is broke off of. I mean, it's raining outside, and some people say they they walk up to somebody and say, "Hey, it's raining outside." I got a, a brother-in-law. He said this. This is where I heard the statement at. He said, "A chicken's got a little head." but he got enough sense to get it out of the way. A chicken got a little head, but he got enough sense to get it out of the way. Sometimes we don't have as much sense as a chicken with a little head that we make decisions, quality decisions. Now, the decision that Israel had made and the decision that Israel's king and queen had made had brought this dark place on that country. And God had held back the rain so that it didn't rain on them and it was a dry place. And this brings us to where we're at right now. For three years it's been like this. And the king has always blamed Elijah for the lack of rain. You know what? We live in a country where it's always somebody else's fault. And sometimes it's that way in our own life. It would be better for me if it, if, if, if it wasn't for that. If it wasn't for that, things wouldn't be like this. Brothers and sisters, we've got to get to a place that we're not blaming our problem off on somebody else. That I'm taking responsibility for myself and my actions and my position and my place before God. And following after Him with all my heart. How many believe that the favor of God on your life can change your life? I had heard about this place. They had been believing God for a move of God in their church and in their area. And God honored their heart after him. And these people went to visit them and he said, um, it was just a small church. And they had, had taken, had all of these here um, Wagons and trolley things that they were going to haul haul people from one location because they were expecting God to, to move and to do something. So before he had done it, he they were already prepared prepared. And this this person was, was there and he said, he said, What are these? He said, These are people transporters. We're going to use these to transport the people from this area to get them over here to the church. Because they were expecting a move from God. And God met them where they were at. And he, and, he, and he said that he would prosper the land. He said, how did you prosper the land? He said, you could tell it just as much difference as night and day. When you drove up to the county line, the corn was taller than it was in the county. That means corn could be right here, the property line right here. And on this side, the corn was so much you could look at it and physically tell it. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you, the favor and the blessing of God on your life is something that is noticeable. You will notice it for yourself, and you will, and other people will notice it too. Oh, there's been a change in you. There's something that's different that's about you. He'll start changing. Here's, here's one for you, Diane. He'll change your countenance. He'll change your countenance. 
at least the power of God on us should give us a different look on our face. You ever walk like that? We all have. You ever walk like this? What are you so happy about? Because the favor of God is on you. And the favor of God will have an effect on your life. Now, this is a dark place that Israel is at at this juncture in history. And they're blaming the church or they're blaming God for where they're at. One man of God, 450 priests of Baal, not counting the people that are in the, the priests in the groves. And God said in his word, have no other gods before me. Do you think we live in a time that there's other gods in this, in this United States? than God himself? Are they being worshipped? Some of those gods are mindsets, reasonings, imaginations. Anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God can become an idol. I dare say, to take your father a little farther, has become an idol. And God wanting us to be blessed. There's no father that doesn't want his children to be blessed. Not if he's got a father's heart. Now there's been a lot of, lot of men that have fathered children that have never had a father's heart. All they had was lust in their heart and wanted to have sex, but never with the ad from the attitude is I want to be a father. This act is for procreation because I want to be, I want to be a dad. How much does that change things when you've got an attitude that's like that? Or a mother that wants to conceive because she wants to be a mother. I want to nurture this child. I want to nurture this baby. Every child needs to be in a place where love is. Every child is not in a place where love is. But it's the will of God for them to be that way. Now, here we are at this juncture. And God tells Elijah, because he's not been seen for a while. And he says, I want you to go show yourself to Ahab. Who is Ahab? Ahab is the king. Because he's wanting to speak to the leadership. Because whoever is in leadership has a voice to be able to speak to the people that's underneath of them. And every voice of leadership needs to, to exercise that. But at the same time we're exercising, we need to be exercising with thus saith the Lord. What is influencing me? Now so, Elijah hasn't been seen for three years and now, now God says, I want you to appear to him. I want you to make your face known to him because I want to do something. I'm, I'm tired of this being in this place like it is. Have you ever been in a place where you were caught between two different opinions. I know I need to go this way, but I really want to go this way. That is the same place that Israel was at, and they were caught or caught between two different opinions. Now, the ultimate when it comes to decision making and opinion formulating is I need for my opinion 
to be based on what God says. Because even if I get what I want, I may not want what I get. But if I base it on what God said, and I base my want after Him, what I want will always end up being a blessing to me. Because I brought something in line with the Word of God, with what God said. And this is where Israel was at. And God has said, enough is enough. And you're going to make a decision now. So, he brings the man of God. You've got Obadiah, a godly servant. And he takes, and God meets up with him, or the man of God meets up with him. Why does he, why does he choose for the first person he's come in contact with to be Obadiah? Did you, have you ever heard this here saying, birds of a feather flock together? Did you know that God's, God wants to have contact with his people? And Obadiah was the representative of God in that house. And here he is, he's meeting Obadiah. And he's meeting Obadiah right where he's at. He tells him what's getting ready to come down. And Obadiah starts shaking in his shoes. He said, you want me to tell Ahab that? He's been looking for you in all of these different places because they wanted to take him out because they thought he was the problem. You know, people always want to kill the problem. If I can just get rid of so-and-so, everything will be all right in my life. You ever been there? If I can get rid of so-and-so on my job, everything will be okay. If I can get rid of this, it will be okay. If I can get rid of that, it will be okay. And I've still got the same sinking thought. Even after they're gone. Because I found out that they weren't the problem. They might have been attributed to the problem. Did you know you still had the problem after they were gone? Still got the very same problem. This is where Israel was at. This is where Ahab was at. That's sinking Elijah. He's the problem. If I can kill him, everything will be over. Their problem wasn't with Elijah. Their problem was with God. Because they had done something and made an idol. Not only were they in idolatry, but they had made an idol out of their belief system. That was opposed to God. I can see a similarity that's taking place in our land. I truly can. And for similarities that are similarities, I want to be on the side where Elijah was on. Because I want to be on the side that brings the blessing and the favor of God on a nation. I want to be on the side that brings the favor and the blessing of God on a life, on a family, on a community, on a church. I don't want something that's trying to do away with church. I want something that's promoting the church. Let me throw one at you. Jesus told Peter about the church, and he said, made this statement, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against church shall not prevail against you shall not prevail against the church did you know that during this coronavirus that one of the first things that we wanted to shut down was church why 
because there's something that people get when they come to church. The fellowship that's there at the church where God is worshipped, there's, there's, there's a strength, there's a camaraderie, there's a fellowship that takes place. Oh, we want you to be quarantined and we want you to stay home. Cause, cause why? The mindset is this, divide and conquer. There's power in unity. But he wants us speaking the same thing. He wants us heading the same direction. He wants to equip us with the power of God. There in Israel, through the leadership, God was pushed completely almost out of the equation. And the only thing that you hear about is the voices of Ahab and Jezebel promoting the voices of Baal and Baal worship. Now, what was Baal? Baal was a false god. Let me tell you a little teeny bit, and I don't know, I don't think this was another God, but it's tied right in, tied right in with it. That in these lands that Israel was supposed to come in and possess, there was abominable practices. Now, what do I mean when I say abominable practice? An abomination is something that God utterly hates. And if he utterly hates it, there's a reason that he utterly hates it. And I always had this question, why would God tell the children of Israel to totally wipe out that group of people? Fair? I was reading through my one-year Bible, and it said, made this statement, and the land vomited the people out. The practices that they had been participating in had had such an effect on the land that the land said, I'm sick of it. Throw to the expelled them out of it. And God said, wipe them out. Totally wipe them out. What's that got to do with me and my walk with God today? It's got this to do with it. He said the things that you let stay would be a thorn in your side and in your eye. They would have an effect on you. Now, Rick, if I had a, had a stick and I was standing over here, I was steadily poking you and poking you in the eye. It hurts to be poked all of the time. It affects me to be poked all of the time. But he said those things would have an effect, have that same type of effect on the children of Israel. Now, I believe that there's a spiritual side to us for the church today that he's speaking to us. The things that you tolerate in your life that God is against, they will end up being that very same thing. Don't play with them. Put them to death. Don't justify them, put them to death. Not the person, but the practices. Because they will be something that's always poking you in the eye and something that's always poking you in the side. And you'll wonder, why am I, why am I so poked? Because I didn't do with it what he said to do with it. So I can't blame nobody but my own self. What time is it? Yeah. Ten after. We're going to go just a teeny bit further, and then we're going to make our transition point. Now, Obadiah says to the man of God, he says, you want to get me killed. Because I know the way that Ahab is. I'm in his house. I know how that crazy woman that he is married to is. 
I know how both of them are. And everywhere that I have been to find you, and we've not been able to find you, and the people swore that you were not there, and we looked, and you weren't there. And now I say, here he is. He's going to say, you've been lying to me all along. You knew where he was at. And he didn't know where he was at. But people believe what they want to believe. Is that a true statement? No. And we believe based most of the time on what influences have influenced us. That's our mindset. Now, if we've not schooled in the Word of God, we believe everything else that's been speaking to us for all of this time. But just because something's been speaking to you for a long time doesn't make it right. The only time, now I've had a lot of godly things that's been speaking to me for a long time. The acid test is when you take and compare it to the Word of God, what, how's it going to stand? Is it going to be burnt up or is it going to still stand there and be solid? I want my life built on something that's solid. That's why I base and I try to conform, bring myself into conformity to the Word of God and allow the Word of God to be the dictating force, the speaking force in my life. Whether one stands for it or a million stand for it. But if God's standing for it, he's the one I want to be with him. And a million opposing, what does it matter? How much do you want to stand with God? If you want God to stand with you, you need to make up your mind that I'm going to stand with God. Because two can't walk together unless they be agreed. Is that true? It's the truth. So we'll, we'll stop right there this morning. And if God don't change directions, we'll pick right back up there tonight. Because I believe there's some things, some powerful things that God wants to speak into our lives. There's things that he wants us to see. And there's something that he wants on your life. He wants you and me to walk in the favor and in the blessing of God. He wants the rain to come on your life. He doesn't want you living in the drought, in a dry and thirsty land, and saying, God, where are you? He said, I right here. I right here. Stand with me.